brought to you by Hug House Productions. Please be advised the content of this podcast contains violence, murder, blood, smoking, alcohol, mentions of suicide, and driving sound effects. Please do avoid listening to this in a car. We also swear a whole lot, so there's that. Previously on Desperado. We've now reached Europe after weeks at sea, and we were welcomed by a mysterious Samar, a traveler from Morocco working with the path. She helped us escape an ambush from the SCU and then drove us to the Nova Circus, a front organization ruled by Marcus, one of the most important patrons of the path. But he barely had time to welcome us before the SCU found our tracks again, and an entire squadron of witches descended on the circus, led by Joe, their commander. Welcome back to Desperado. Joan's lieutenant escorted us out of the building as the rest of her coven secured the perimeter. They searched us, double-checked our IDs, and split the rest of the circus members in group for questioning. Next to us, Marcus remained quiet. Watching over his friends and family, his life work ransacked and probed. Gone was his light gait and the smile on his lips. He was the image of Lord, worried for his subjects. His mahogany cane firmly planted on the ground. I'm... I'm sorry, sir. If you want us to leave, I, uh, I understand. And where the fuck would you go? No. Trust me, my dear. The world is big, but men are all the same. Small and afraid. There's no escaping them. I should have been glad. Relieved, but... Instead I felt... Trapped. I looked down, trying to make sense of this. My troubled breathing and my cold heartbeat, I... I couldn't move. My body was screaming for me to find a threat, to use this adrenaline, to do something. But the hunger gone, my mind was finally processing everything, and I was free to spiral. <laughs> These people welcomed me, offered a bed and shelter, offered their trust, and they were all going to die. It was the same boots stomping the ground, the same hands ready to strangle, the same finger on the trigger. It was trapped. What was I still doing here? They were coming for me. They were all around me, too close to me. I had to leave. Why was I not doing anything? Just fly! God damn it! Now, now. I snapped out of it. Almost immediately. Eyes wide open like a... Like i just woken up from a nightmare. Something about his tone called for quiet, reaching my mind so clearly that I... I could have dropped to the ground and melted away in that silence. Hide the wings. Hide the wings. Elio, sit him down. They were barely a sketch of themselves. Almost materialized, but too faint to notice. Even their glow blended with the fairy lights. But a couple more seconds, and the worst would happen. Are you okay? Casing back from over her shoulder, Marcus was looking at me, only me. 
but I'm not the one he addressed. And as he spoke, I felt the grasp of the other mind loosen on my psyche. I recognized it again, and felt how our instincts differed. I was a terrified 19-year-old in a strange country, but it was immemorial. A spirit bound by nothing but the strengths of its wings, and I it didn't understand why I resisted. If I was scared, why, why not just fly away? Hear the words I speak and the truth they carry. You're a guest of the neighbor circus, and that puts you under the aegis of Lady Luck. You are safe as long as you stay with me. Do you understand? Present seemed to relax and retreated slowly. I exhaled, not sure if I should be relieved, but Marcus smiled and, well, I guess the world seemed a little bit better, a little easier. The glow of my wings disappeared. Good. Now watch. Marcus looked over at the group of officers searching luggages and bags a few meters away from us. It took me a second to realize he wasn't silent. He was praying, a distant smile on his lips. And I felt a nudge from all around, the feeling that something important was happening, that I had to pay attention. My eyes fell on one of the officers, turning away from a medkit after inspecting it, as Joan suddenly called out. I need pictures, people. Can I get forensics inside, or do you need more of the scenery? Come on! Marcus had moved. His window of action had been of merely a few seconds before a moment. All eyes were on Joan. Nobody paid attention to him as he took three steps forward, like on a stroll, and readjusted his coat. In the same movement, he slipped a hand inside the kit. Even with my eyes on him, I could have missed it, but he grabbed a syrup bottle and brought his elbow to his mouth, coughing loudly into it. The bottle fell inside his sleeve as a witch finally noticed him. Marcus was told to step back, and he raised his hands in appeasement. He walked back to us and dropped the bottle in my hand. Take a few drops of this, then flush it down with water. What are you giving him? An emetic. We've got to make him throw up. You two can pass for documented immigrants, but no one is going to believe this boy is from London. I need him to throw his guts out, unable to answer questions. And I can guarantee someone in her coven knows how to sign, so drink. Does it... Does it get easier? Hiding? Running? No. But we get better. And is it worth it? For a chance to see you smile tomorrow? Yes, it is. And if not for pretty words, then do it out of spite. To honor those who couldn't. I looked down, took a deep breath, and drank. Good lad. Give it a couple minutes. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm... I'm really scared. It's gonna be okay. Fear is a bad habit for our kind. Yes, it might help keeping us out of trouble, but we draw power from trust and devotion. Have you ever wondered how far your wings could take you if you weren't afraid? Fear is human. But we are more than that. Who do you pray to, Marcus? You won't make a lot of friends asking that question around here. I don't mind. Well, oh, quiet now. 
I think she's trying to listen. I followed Marcus's gaze and saw Joan stood at the entrance of the tent, her back to us. With the distance and her lieutenant talking to her, there was no way our conversation could have traveled, but Marcus seemed to think otherwise. He smiled, and as if Joan was waiting for that cue, she turned around. She nodded at one of her officers, and the two of them made their way towards us. How's the treasure hunt? Boxes and boxes of fireworks. Why? Fun. But I wouldn't expect you to understand. I've seen children create better light shows. Why not employ a quill? I'm afraid I'm not familiar with that term. Rejects from the Academy. The kind of witch that usually have to write down their spells. Quills. Oh. Well, I doubt we could afford that. What if you sold some of the idols of worship we found? (sighs) They're props, Joan. If you'd like me to, I can forward you the permit for the sculptures and scepters. For questions about necklaces and ornaments, you'll have to see with the costume department. But I can assure you, they are strictly following the country's guidelines. No symbols, no cultural ties, and Joan, frankly, this is a waste of taxpayers' money. I'd like to go to bed now. Of course. Just one last thing. And she signed an entire sentence. Each word clear-cut in the air as if she had practiced her whole life. I had to look it up, but I'm a fast learner. And... then I threw up. (coughs) Shit! (coughs) Do we know if he has any allergies? Uh, it... It could just be food poisoning. No, we had the same food. Do you see any swelling? Callum, can you hear me? Let's get him to the medical tent. We still have questions for him. Oh, well, please, ask away. Take your time while he throws up his own guts and let your officers know how you treat the people you vowed to serve. Marcus lifted Shinji up himself and started walking away, ignoring Joan's order. She stood there for a moment, probably considered arresting him for not complying or something, but finally decided otherwise. She turned to me and said, There's no need to look at me like that. Our uniforms are similar, but we're nothing like our Spanish or even French counterparts. We are the continent's front line in this war, and we act as such. We remain vigilant. It might be uncomfortable, it might feel intrusive, but we have no choice. Times and times again, this is how we found the enemy trying to plant their seeds in our land. With that in mind, I would advise you to be careful with who you choose to travel. Understood? Yes, ma'am. Good. Thank you for your patience. And then she whispered something under her breath. Something powerful. And a sleek vehicle came hovering towards her. Gently carried by forces that could have destroyed me, I was certain of it. But Joan had it on leash. The word all around us was at her service. The thing she had summoned looked like the frame of a racing motorbike, carved in a single piece of wood and covered in occult symbols, linked together by lines of elegant runes. It had no wheels, obviously, just a saddle and handles. Joan put on a helmet, then straddled her ride. She turned to her lieutenant and said, Meet me back at the ward. We're done here. And then she took flight on that thing, melding in the darkness. The rest of her coven quickly packed up their stuff and did the same. And you know that feeling you described then? The sense of power they exude just by casually levitating stuff back to their hands? I really felt that then. Knowing about witchcraft and seeing it in practice are two very different things. Like, 
What was actually stopping them from crushing my ribs with just a whisper? Yeah, that would have been enough to give me an anxiety attack alone, so... Yep. Kind of glad I was out of it. We followed Marcus to the first aid tent, and he laid you back on a bed. It was very small, about four cots, all empty, and just one nurse. And no real equipment coming to think about it. You know, just a medication shelf and a desk, and... When the nurse came to check in on you, that that's how I imagine a witch would look like. Old, crazy white hair that seemed to float all around her like she was underwater or something, and very, very intense blue eyes. We assumed it was a nurse, but now that you mention it... Yeah, she was probably some sort of mystic healer or... Okay, I'm just going to put this out there, but maybe she was just old, guys. No, no. No, Ellie was right. She was witchy. I would know. I was the one she took care of? Yeah, but you were out of it most of the time, so... Are you serious right now? She went to medical school, she told me. Witches be lying. Mm -hmm. Every old woman is a witch. Like, there's no way you spend at least 60 years on Earth and you don't pick up a spell or two. That's That's just dumb. Everybody tries it. You know there's a death penalty for that in my country. Okay, but look at you, though. All right, I... I know you guys are just kidding. But I'm getting uh, uncomfortable right now. Uh, I, I think it's dangerous to make claims like that. All right, all right, fine. Sorry, I didn't think about it that way. So, the nurse came to check in on you, but Marcus quickly dismissed her. Yes, he'll be just fine. He just needs a change of clothes, some water and some rest. He seemed a lot more relaxed than I think he should have been, considering how pale you looked, Shinji. I don't remember much of it, honestly. I think I was on the edge of passing out the whole time. It felt like like someone was twisting their hand inside of my stomach. Marcus was about to follow up with some more directive when someone else stepped inside the tent. A thin black man with locks that fell down to his shoulders, laced with golden rings. Something in his dark eyes made you want to stand a bit taller trying to match the pride that lifted his shoulders, and there was something in the way he walked that felt familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. You said it before. His steps took him a bit further than expected. Yeah. He had Shinji's walk. Marcus? In a moment, dear. I'm dealing with something right now. I just want to make sure they're all gone. I'd give it half an hour, but send scouts for me, will you? All right. Just like everyone else, the man was ignoring us. And having obtained his answer, he almost walked out. Almost. He took one glance at Shinji and frowned. Who's this? I thought you knew better than to ask those questions. No, I... Marcus, what happened? That's enough, darling. You have your own affairs to tend to. Did he throw up? The man reached for Shinji, but Marcus grabbed him by the arm. That's enough, I said. Marcus, look at his arms. The shape of his shoulders. Are you blind? Oh, shit. Marcus let go and the man rushed to inspect Shinji. He felt each of his ribs, collarbone, and even inspected his hand and arm. Then finally he exhaled, relieved. (sighs) He's fine. I don't think he broke anything. What? Is he your friend? Yeah. So you know what that boy can do, right? Yes, he's got wings. Can we stop with the eggshells for a second? The man didn't seem to particularly appreciate that, but he still carried on. Flight comes at a cost. His bones are lighter, but the rest of his physiology is mostly the same. So, violent contractions or seizures could shatter him from the inside. But he's 
okay, right? Yeah, he's fine. What happened? I gave him an emetic. Now, why the fuck would you do that? I clearly didn't know. They wanted to interrogate him, and the boy barely speaks English. I had no idea what he was. Jesus fucking Christ, that could have been a disaster. Talia and I looked at each other. And there's no way to describe that mix of terror and fury that came onto us. Like, a lightning bolt would have made less of a shock. The thorns tattooed on my arm started glowing red, and Talia's dagger dropped from her sleeve to her hand. She pressed the edge of it against the man's throat and asked, What did you just say? Hey, easy. We're all friends here. Why is there a crusader in your ranks, Marcus? I'm not a fucking crusader. What is he on about? And I felt the same wave of silence Shinji described wash over me. The feeling that it was all going to be alright. I saw Elia and the man's shoulders relax. And I knew the same thing happened to them. It was only for a moment, just enough for Marcus to get our attention. There's no need to make a fuss. Leo, my dear, you'll excuse our new guests, but they've just arrived from the Americas, and I assume they're not quite fond of the name Jesus Christ. Talia, Elio, this is Leo, who is indeed a Christian, and while Crusaders are the most notorious, there are many other branches to this religion, most of them fighting against the Crusade, just like you and me. The glow on my skin resorbed. As Marcus's words echoed memories passed down by La Catrina. Memories that meant I had nothing to fear. If he's not a crusader, what is he? Oh, she demands to know. Or do you just need a reason to kill me over beliefs you don't understand? Leo. Who's acting like a fucking crusader now? I'm not lowering my dagger, and I want him away from Shinji. Now! Marcus? It's okay. It's okay. Leo, we'll talk about this later. The man looked back at me, anger in his eyes, but the rest of his body showed tiredness, the same exhaustion I've felt all my life, the weight of every wrong thing done to me as one more added to the list. But still I didn't budge. Leo left, and only then did I let down my blade. There, he's gone. Now, can we talk? Maybe now's not the right time. I'm, I'm sorry if this is... I'm not! You sent some more for us. You knew we were coming, and where we were coming from. You could have prepared for us, but instead you chose to rehearse a little dance number. I did, but the evening did not go as planned, and... You've been doing this for 20 years. Maybe telling us we're sheltering a fucking crusader as well could have been on top of your priorities list instead of taking away our clothes. He's not a crusader, and you're not angry at me. You're just frustrated Fuck and tired you. and... Fuck you! Talia. Why are you so calm about this? He made a mistake. And so did we. It doesn't mean we're enemies. A mistake? I've protected you at every turn throughout the entire night. And without knowing, there would be three of you. None of this would have happened otherwise. But there were three of us. Yet you still carried on with a plan that was designed for only Talia. As a patron of the path, I would expect you know how to recognize an emergency. And while you might have found bentering with Joan fun, we shouldn't have been in that same room in the first place. Thank you. The show was cute, but we could have used the time for anything else. He's still the only reason we're safe. Let's not forget that. I apologize. To the both of you. I didn't recognize the urgency of the situation, and that's because I can't. You still don't see it? No, I can't. I haven't felt fear in more than 20 years. What does that... 
What does it even mean? It's your faith, isn't it? Who is it? I'm a servant of Lady Luck. I've never heard of that name. Because she's my own. You, wait, 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 you... You created a god. To me, she was always here. My very first memory is a smile I never recognized. And with it, the feeling that I had nothing to worry about. Ever. And only 20 years later, when I got to my knees and prayed to anyone who would listen, to anyone who could save my partner's life, only then did I see it again. This time, she was real. This shouldn't work. Just because you believe everything will turn out fine, it just does? I don't believe. I know. Nobody knows. You have to be completely insane to think nothing bad will ever happen to you. Yeah, but it worked out for me. I am by no means invincible. But it makes my life easier. I can find the right words at the right time. Folks are more inclined to trust me or listen. But as I'm sure you've realised, the effects on people barely last a few seconds. Luck is fleeting and it's up to me to seize these moments. And while I'm pretty useless in a fight, most guns pointed at me have jammed so far. Do with that what you will. And the illusions? What do you mean? The passports. How, how did you do it? Oh no, those are very real. I can show you how, but it'll take some time. Tomorrow, first thing in the morning, I promise. Is there anything else? I think it's best if you leave us here for tonight. We appreciate everything you've done for us, but... You need some time, of course. Your quarters are ready if you'd like. Fresh sheets. We're not leaving Shinji. Very well. Good night. And with a final sorry smile, he left. <sighs> Can you pull me a chair? Want to talk about it? Did I overreact? Nope. Cool. I think I've been on edge for a long time. <laughs> I can ask if they have a spa around here. Can you keep a weapon in a spa? I mean, who's going to stop you? Reception? Good point. So, we have witches, a potential crusader, and a man-man who created his own god. What do we do? We watch each other's back. You know... When I was a kid, I could hear calls on the radio to denounce people like me. To hunt for us. Literally, mayors and neighbours would call for bloodshed in their own communities. I had to live my whole life in fear. And that guy just never felt it. And I keep thinking of that rehearsal we saw and how we are dying just all over the world but here they're just playing clown yeah doesn't feel right but if playing clown is how they survive then i hate it i just hate it i think i do too and it's fucked up but i wish i could do the same just dance on stage and tour across europe and not have to worry about a thing but I was given one year. And I have powers beyond my wildest dreams, but it's still nothing. Everyone we've met just tonight could have squished us like insects. I know you felt it. How am I supposed to kill a god? We all have to start somewhere. 
Really? Mm-hmm. That's it? That's all your thoughts? I just don't think that's a conversation for tonight. I mean, none of us have the answers, so we're just gonna sit there and be anxious about it? No, we'll do something about it tomorrow. And the next day. And the day after that. And then, who knows where you'll be in a year. I could try that. Yeah. My mother used to say it doesn't really matter how you feel. Not really, you know. If there's something you gotta do, you just do it. That's how you survive. Survive, but miserable. Maybe. But she was strong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Everyone is. I think you should try and get some sleep. You know, you'll feel better in the morning. We need to keep an eye on Shinji. Yeah, I, I can take the first shift. It's fine. You sure? Yeah. Really, no worries. Seriously. Get some rest. Okay. And that was our first night in Europe. We could have been sound asleep in some really nice bed, but instead we spent it mostly on wooden chairs. And in the morning when I woke up, you were gone. I didn't recognize where I was or who the man was standing at the end of my bed. I would have asked, but I genuinely didn't have the strength. I think weeks of exhaustion had finally caught up to me. You're awake. I'm Leo, a friend of Marcus, and I think we have a lot to talk about. And his angel wings deployed towards the ceiling, their feathers weaved in the light of dawn. Thank you so much for listening to Desperado. Elio is voiced by me, Sammy Suisi. Talia is Tammy Ige. Shinji, Tibet Boyer. Marcus is voiced by Owen Gardner. And Joan by Emma Blackley-Peach. We also welcome a new addition to our cast this week. Femi Adeboale as Leo. And we know it's been a minute, but I hope this reunion would have been worth it. And as usual, if you want more updates on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Desperado underscore radio. And the best way you can support us right now is to leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. Spread the word about our story. And that's pretty much it, really. It's the best you could do. And we would really appreciate that. Y'all take care now. And we'll see you soon, I promise. <laughs> Bye.